Hello and welcome to the Tin Foil Hat Club. My name's Kyle. And I'm Ben. And thanks for joining us yet again. Ben, we've officially hit double digits. It's episode 10. So I just want to start off by saying thank you all very much. Our last week's episode, uh, or last week for us, I should say, was the best week we have ever had. Wow, that's really good. So thank you guys very much. I think we're uh, we're quickly approaching a thousand downloads. So so you could say last week was astronomical. Then? It was. It was astronomical. Then, <laughs> apropos given our subject. So as it is on the Tinfoil Hat Club. It kind of ties into what we talked about last week in a roundabout way. Yeah, just a little bit. But we have decided this week we are going to cover the topic of time travel. I was thinking we should put in like something from Back to the Future right there. (laughs) Gotta get back in time. Little Huey Lewis. Yeah. Well, we can't afford the rights yet, Ben. The show's not there yet. But we're working on it, y'all. We're working on it. Or... or, uh... Marty saying, you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? <laughs> you built a time machine out of some cheap microphones and booms? <laughs> That's where we're at right now. But, yeah. So, well, this is technically a time machine because we are now, and pe- when people listen to this, it will be in the future. There you go. Whoa. Boom. Look at you. Or have we figured out a way to time travel? We're actually presenting this in the past. And oh yeah, now you're just listening to it. Ben and I actually started this podcast in the 1950s. That's where we're from. And we decided, (laughs) (laughs) no, we're not that cool. I don't know that I would want that power. That would be pretty head trippy. It'd be kind of crazy, though. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the rebooting Quantum Leap? Uh, Yeah, I did. Did you see this? Yeah. uh, Leave it as is. I know. Just just don't. Yeah. We already failed to save Kennedy the last time. Or did he save? I don't remember. I remember watching the show kind of when I was oh, a kid. Oh, have you? Oh, um, but there was a movie like this probably ten years ago. It was an Amazon or Prime, not uh, Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or one of those streaming services, where the whole premise was this guy went back in time to stop the assassination of Kennedy. Yes, yes, and, and it had uh, James Franco in it. Yes, I do remember this. I do not remember the name of the show, and I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't watch all of it. I watched. I was in in it. I that was I, good. Yeah, it was good. I cannot remember. The, it was Amazon, I think, but I do not remember the name of the show. It was good. The other one that's one of my favorites of all time, movie wise, that a lot of people haven't even heard of, is Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid, a movie called Frequency. Have you I heard think, of this? I think I, I remember. I remember when it came out. Yeah. So the premise of the sh- of the movie is in the '60s, and I want to say '69. Um, Dennis Quaid and Caviezel's a kid at this point in the story, uh, probably like eight, maybe. And Dennis Quaid is a firefighter in New York. Oh, and yeah. he dies in a fire. Yeah, and through the ham radio and the aurora borealis, they're able to communicate to yeah, each other in time. And it sounds completely cornball, yeah. but it's actually a really good show because they wind up working together to try to solve um, a mass murderer, like catch a mass murderer yeah. that was actually occurring in the late '60s that was wreaking havoc, and he's still around in the modern day. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing it's that. It's a great show. I like that show. Yeah, or the same was uh, what was the one. Um, it was this cut interstellar. 
Wasn't that it? We just watched that the other day. That was kind of trippy. It is. It, they get into some very complicated relativity things that they do a good job of explaining in a, in a basic way so you can wrap your head around it, but it's yeah. still kind of yeah. mind-numbing in yes. some ways. Yeah, we literally just watched that the other night because that's out right now. So there you go. Kyle and Ben, Siskel and Ebert, eat your hearts out <laughs> from the other side. Yeah. Don't know where Siskel and Ebert are, what part of Sheol they're sitting in, but oh, <laughs> ouch. You never know. Hey, it's up to every individual, right? That's right. I'm not here to judge where you're going to wind up in Sheol. I'm only here to help you get to the good side. That's right. So there you go. But yeah, our movies review our, our movie review is for you. So there it is. But this this subject is really interesting because I don't know how far back this goes, but I would say that the grandfather, there's kind of two in my mind that are probably involved in the possibility of this being a reality. And there's some stuff out there that you can go read, anybody can go read that we're going to discuss. That sure makes it seem like it is a current reality, which is insane to say and terrifying to discuss, but we're going to do it. But I would say the two grandfathers of this are on the theoretical side would be Einstein. Yeah. And on the practicality side would be Tesla. Yeah. And it sure seems to me when you go look at the life of Nikola Tesla, the government made darn sure... The minute he passed away, they swooped in and took everything. Yep. And I mean everything. And he was working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> he was a brilliant man. He was, a, he was in, he was a beyond genius. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, he was plugged into the ether. He was definitely plugged in. Yeah. He had some giftings that were well beyond his, his time frame. I think that's probably the thing that was the most limiting to him was technological um, limitations of the time. Because he's having to really kind of almost invent the technology to invent his real technology that he wants to put out there. Yeah. Right? But that's how we have... I mean, this man was working on... um, Well, he was working on direct current, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, direct current and literally wiring up cities or not wiring up. It would all be literally like we get Wi-Fi now is how you would get power. And, I mean, he had figured it out. I mean, he knew how to do it. I think uh, for free. Yeah, that's the the thing that probably will always get you killed. Hey, if you want to do it, if you you decided that you no longer want to be on the earth but you don't want to do it yourself, (laughs) then just make sure you invent something that's really, really going to screw things up for other people that are making a ton of money and then give it away for free. That'll get you dead every time. It's 100 percenter. Yep. But, yeah, I think – I don't know. Do you think people killed him? Tesla? Yeah. I think he. Uh, I think. I think it was. So he was pretty old when he passed. I think back then was far. They weren't that bloodthirsty yet with for people. Yeah, they rather just they they just bankrupt and he. Yeah, they would destroy your credibility. Yeah, and then just let you be penniless, and because that's kind of how he finished his life, which is really sad. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much penniless and living in an apartment, or uh, not even an apartment, a he was hotel. living in a hotel in like Chicago, I think. I want to say it was uh, Chicago. It, what, it was one of his friends, pretty much, that I think he let him live. Paying, him, like, yeah. paying for him to live there. And he was still doing his experiments and stuff yeah. in his little hotel room, and yeah, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, they came in and they swooped up all his stuff, but one of the things, there's a lot of stuff that's that they swooped up. Death rays and like the Havana Syndrome. You know, you familiar with this at all? 
Uh, maybe if you... I think, so down in literally Havana, we started having this weird phenomenon happen, and I think at the embassy, for starters, and you know how you open the car windows in the back of the car, but you don't open the front, and you get that weird vibration in your ears? Oh, that wah, 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 wah. Yeah, but yeah. like multiplied by like 100, and everyone was experiencing that, huh. and they couldn't figure out why, and then it magically just stopped. Hmm. But I want to say that he was working on a lot of that kind of technology. It would make sense. So, yeah, go look up Havana Syndrome, everybody. Tinfoil Hat Club Nugget there for you. <laughs> Incidentally, I had a thought about putting something on the site with all of the, like, maybe reference material, but that's extra work. So <laughs> maybe at some point we'll get there. If, if but, you want that done, you could uh, send money. And- <laughs> <laughs> you send money to the poor, poor, poor paupers, right? That's right. Yeah. So, like, every podcast ever that's trying to get going always puts the bill for a while for themselves. That's the way it goes. But, yeah. but now we appreciate you guys all listening and we'll get, if, if the Lord is good enough and so shall it be, then so shall it be. But we're just doing it for him. So this subject is fascinating because I think those are your tie-ins. I think the theoretical nature of it, you get from Einstein and the actual practicality, you get the basis from um, Tesla. Yeah. But as always, a three-letter agency gets involved. <laughs> yes. And it rhymes with CIA. Dang it, I forgot to do the rhyme again, uh, Ben. <laughs> it, oh, man. I know. Horrible. So the first things, and I just started to scratch the surface of this here recently, but, and again, this is Freedom of Information Documents. Matter of fact, you can go to the CIA's websites, like CIA.gov, and do a search for this, and they're like, yeah, here are the documents. Go ahead. Have fun. Read it, which is incredible that yeah. these things are just out there that they offer up for free. And you can see um, the documents for Project Gateway. And it's a overview of this project. And I'll try to summarize it as best I can for simplicity's sake. Ultimately, it goes into altering your consciousness to the point where you can actually do things with your mind. It's literally like, I think even some of it was um, telekinesis was even part of it, maybe potentially. But the other thing that they got to was having an altered state of consciousness where you can literally travel around in time. And for some reason, like you, you have to practice this. Like anybody, like they put a lot of different people through like the, the training for this project gateway. To see who was the best at it. Yes, and some people had more of a natural aptitude than others, and then those people they would take and spend more time with and do more and more of these hypnosis sessions. Because when you when you read the um, transcript for this, because there's two, there's two things that you can go look up. You can go read the overview for Project Gateway, and they literally, uh, I forget how they word it, but it's like phase 10 and phase 12 and then phase 15. Or not phase, but level 15 or level 12 or things like this. If you're like, if you've made it to like level 12, then you can do time travel in the past. But I guess the most difficult thing to do would actually be level 15 or whatever, which would be time travel to the future. And then you can read a transcript of one of these um, therapy sessions like a hypnosis session where this individual has obviously achieved this level 12 and they are having this person go back a million years BC to Mars 
and they are giving them specific coordinates to go to on Mars and say, okay, like, what do you see? Describe what you see. And this person that is in charge of the hypnosis session is literally guiding this person through this process. Interesting. Yeah, and they're talking about seeing all kinds of structures and big, huge beings that are really tall and... Yeah. Tall beings. Tall beings. But a a billion years, a million years, a million years BC, I believe is what it is. Why back that far? I don't know. The other thing too is like why the specific coordinates? And I was thinking that too. Yeah. There's some things that definitely stand out because like you, and it's very specific, like latitude, longitude to the number. So obviously it's something that they've already researched that they want to know more details on. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Now, and this is I'm I'm speechless. This hypnosis session is happening I want to say like 82 or 83. Wonder if it's still going on. Well, I'm sure we've gone well beyond that now. Because it all ties back to MK Ultra. Yeah. I would think, right? Like when we first started monkeying with people's minds, we identified fairly very fairly early on that people's the mind was an incredibly powerful thing to unlock and to be able to manipulate and control. And they started working on that right after World War II or during World War II. Yeah. And then it just continued it since. Because I want to say MK Ultra was like started in the 50s, like right after the war. Yeah. So with that, I mean, like, I know we all have a little bit of what we call it deja vu. Mm-hmm. We all have like, I don't want to say we, exp- I say, I guess it would be experience something that hey, this seems, but I think, I don't, I don't want to say experience, but we are, we've already been there. We've already done that. Yeah. Like, I just had one the other day, but I, I, did just, too. I, I, I don't even remember what it was. Cause I just dismiss it because I was like, yeah, you just get used to it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think, it's there in us already. I agree. Um, because if we, if we are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. we do have his nuggets in us. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put that. You know, I got God nuggies. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the best way I just popped in there. You know, it's like we, ha- it's not like full, but it's, yeah. Which is what we see, I think it goes back to our conversation we had with girls, um, our yeah. wives, yeah. when we talked about where do you go when you sleep? Yeah. Because I think what happens is, unwittingly, we unlock and we arrive and achieve a different state of consciousness. And when we get to that differing state of consciousness, weird stuff happens. Yeah. Like, Adrian is able to control her dreams. I can't like, a little bit. Not, not control, but she can, she will knowingly, she is able to knowingly acknowledge that she's in a dream and then she is able to do things to end the dream. Yeah. Like she'll pray to Christ to wake up and she'll wake up. So she has a higher level of control than probably a lot of people do. Yeah. Like I had some times when I was younger that I knew that I was in a dream and I knew there was like a monster it was actually in my old house that I talked about. And there was like a hamper. 
<laughs> for whatever reason, strategically placed in a doorway that I needed to go through. And there was a monster in the hamper that would pop up when people try to go through the doorway and eat people. And I recognized I'm in a dream. And the only way to make it stop is to walk through the doorway and let the monster eat me because then I'll wake up. So yeah. I did. And I woke up. Yeah. But I have not been able to knowingly, and I've had a few other times where I like, I knew that I was dreaming and I was even able to control the dream a little bit, but not since as I've gotten older, I've lost the ability. Yeah. So, um, do you, so the, they're essentially dreaming or in a dream state if they're hypnotized going back in time or forward in time. Yeah, I didn't dig into it far enough to see if they have any transcripts of going forward in time. Probably not. <laughs> but this kind of ties into the dude you were talking about. So we'll get there in a little bit because that's one of the things that he stated was that the intelligence agency, he said since the 70s, um, has operated on a, on a nonlinear intelligence uh, gathering spectrum. They operate under forward intelligence forward intelligence meaning there i have people going into the future to see what's going to happen and they we'll be back after a quick break hey foilers ben and i need your support as we continue to work to grow it for god and increase the amount of listeners to the podcast here is what you can do to help head on over to our website the tfhc.com to take advantage of our conspiracy sale all of our t-shirts are 20 percent off until the end of may also we are excited to announce the foil has gone digital that's right from this point forward you can now listen or watch every episode of the tinfoil hat club podcast on youtube rumble or our website the tfhc.com forward slash video if you have questions after watching or want to reach out to us be sure to send us an email the dudes at the tfhc.com feeling charitable and want to give to the cause consider donating using our cash app link which can be found on our website last come and be a part of the tfhc family on facebook instagram youtube and rumble and be sure to like subscribe follow and share with everyone you think would enjoy the podcast thanks to each of you for your love and support now back to the show Now, my question, are they seeing a true future or are they just seeing a future that is manipulated by an out for an outside force? Don't know. Or a true past. Yeah. Because one of the things that you, that you also, because when you tie everything back to the biblical side of the coin. One of the things we know, we, we know everything has free will, you yeah. know, like anybody that thinks anything different than that doesn't can't, has never read their Bible because there's so much evidence of that. And, and one of the easiest examples of that is even Christ, all of God's creation, no matter what it is, an angel, uh, a demon, Satan, or Satan's, or Elohim, or anything we've ever talked about. Even Christ has free will. Yeah. And the and for anybody that, you know, retracts back away from that, I'm like, well, then why even tempt him? Yeah. If he didn't have free will, Satan would have bothered. Yeah. He'd have just been like, well, okay, well, here you are. He wouldn't have bothered to tempt him. Yeah. 
So if Christ is being tempted, you know, and later on tortured on a cross and is, is doing all the things on the cross, it's like we talked about upstairs to fulfill prophecy, then there's obviously a, a, a potential in there to deviate path. Yeah. And so the other part of that is, so we have free will. And one of the, the reason that's important is because if you have free will, then nothing is predestined. Yeah. You know, and there are times when you read your Bible, controversial statement, I know, but that's what we do on this show is we grow in Christ and we actually, you know, yes. throw controversial statements out there because that's how you grow as a Christian and you dive into things and you read your Bible. It sure seems a lot of times when you read stuff, God is surprised by what the choices are. Yeah. It's it's like he knows all of the potential timelines, all of the potential choices that we could make. And yeah. sometimes he's surprised by which one we choose. Yeah. Now that gets into a whole con other conversation about, um, you know, is God omnipotent? Well, yeah, I would say that he could choose to be if he wants to be. I don't know why in certain instances he's surprised. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know what we're going to do. I know that's controversial, but... You can make an argument for it. Or maybe he just wants us to do the best we can. Maybe so. And like every parent gets upset, why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes he chooses not to know. He could if he wanted to. He's got yeah. He can do anything he wants, right? It's kind of like, you know, like what Heiser used the chess analogy. Like yeah. you sit down and you play chess with God and you know you're going to lose. You're going to lose no matter what move you make because, you know, he knows all of the, all of the potential outcomes. Yeah, it's like if you and I sat down with a uh, whatever level grandmaster chess player, same concept on a much smaller scale. Yeah, they're going to beat our pants off because they already know however many moves ahead, like what's going to happen. You know, a good chess player they say, "Well, we'll think what twelve moves ahead." Well, God can think four thousand moves ahead. Yeah, and there's no limit on how far ahead he can think. It's it's one of those things that'll twist your brain into a pretzel if you really sit and think about it a lot. Kind of like you know, where did God come from? Perfect example. I was as you're saying that, you know, I was thinking about was it was it Hezekiah where he was on his deathbed, and um, he he's like, please, you know, heal me or something like that. So God moves the sun dial back ten degrees and lets him live. Oh, I don't I don't remember the story. And then so he's better and everything, and so he, another like king's army or whatever come I can't forget or who they who they brought in but he showed him everything and so God got upset with him and went ahead and took him like <laughs> because <laughs> so of much that. your sundial time yeah so why did he do that if you your point is yes. why did he do that if he knew he was going to turn around and exactly do that? yeah it's like hey I'm going to give you a chance here yeah you can choose I don't know that's a that's a pretty powerful story for you know, talking about God potentially not being omni as, as omnipotent as we think, or yeah. choosing to not be in that particular instance. Yeah. I mean, I just thought of that. I mean, if he really, he knew, why would he do that to begin with? Well, the other, th to, to counter argue on the other side, it's very clearly stated several times in the Bible too, that Christ was created to do exactly what he did. Yeah. Right. And so God knew that that was going to be needed even before he created man because he created Christ first. Yep. Right? So 
that's kind of a and I just a mind job. <laughs> and, and you know, going back to if your heads are melting right now, pause. <laughs> go get a drink of water. Go to the bathroom. Clear your head. Come come back and hit. Play. Have some coffee. Have some coffee. No, don't do. That. <laughs> um, you know, I just I th- I think I answered my own question. So the reason why he did it is because he loved him. Like move the dial back. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a parent, you would do anything for your children, even if you knew that. Even if you, knew. yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because we do. We do as parents. We do that. Like I'm going to do this, but I know you're going to do this. Like I'm going to. My wife used to. But when we say that, we don't really know. Yeah, my wife used to work in, at a local county jail. She was sitting work. She worked in the office, and people would come and bail their kids out, and mm-hmm. she couldn't understand. <laughs> Why are you bailing your kids out? Yeah, this piece of crap would be back here next week, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, I can't let them sit in there because I love them." And she, and she would sometimes she'd say, "If you loved them, you would." It's right. Good job, Maria. Because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, <laughs> if my kids are listening to this. You're going to be sitting in jail a while because I want that lesson to hit hard. <laughs> you know, and, and God did that too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I look at all the times. I mean, my goodness, you read the Old Testament and, you know, the, the falling away and the coming back and the falling away and the coming back and the falling away and the coming back. I'm like, you know, it was interesting because, like, I had conversation with um, my students. And for those of you who don't know, I teach a class one day a week. Uh, on kind of a spirituality class at a local school. And I had good conversation with my students and we were talking about this common misconception that people have of God changed. The old Testament is the God of wrath and the new Testament is the God of love and forgiveness and all these things. And I'm like, no, God never changes. He is always the same. What you're seeing is you're seeing a, huge difference in the story. Yeah. But you're also seeing a huge difference in time. The old Testament covers thousands of years, like literally thousands of years, right? So you're seeing a huge chunk of time played out in those pages. Whereas in the new Testament, you don't even have a hundred years. Yeah. It's it's just a short, I mean, it's not even a hundred years. It's literally, I mean, some of the, you could, you, you could say what, maybe, I don't know. Some of them wrote it in like 60. I think, I think revelation is the oldest and it was written in like 80 something AD. I want to say 80 or 90, somewhere around there. Yeah. So we'll just round up for the funsy sake and we'll say a hundred years. Yeah. So you're seeing thousands of years of time in the old Testament and only a hundred years in the new Testament. Plus the whole story of the new Testament is of redemption yeah. of Christ, right? That's what the whole new story, new Testament is about Christ and just after Christ. And, you and could, trying to get everybody in line. And you could probably get a hundred, hundreds of years of love in the Old Testament as well. Oh, tons of it. Yeah. We just, people just pick on the wrath and the, the fighting. And, but, yeah. you know, but when you read it and, you know, and then they fought, you know, and then we don't know how long the time was between, I mean, we could probably figure it up, but it's, yeah. it's just a verse or a line. Yeah. Just like before God finally sends the flood. Oh, yeah. I've got a timeline. You can do the math on it just based on Genesis alone. Yeah. And it's like 14, 1600 years. Yeah. From Adam getting dropped to the flood itself. I mean, so, this stuff was going on and it talks about the watchers and it says, I think it's in Jubilees 
where it says that they descended in Jared's time, which was Enoch's father. Yeah. So you get and kind of figure a small swath of time somewhere in there before Enoch comes into the party. They had to come down during that time. So all of the stuff that was going on was going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. Like we talked about the 500 years that they got limited to. And we don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden. Um, that is actually just, yes, that is actually discussed in Jubilees in great detail. It was on the seventh year, I believe, um, that the whole deal with uh, the serpent went down. Oh, so just seven? Well, seven no, years? because they, well, I think so, because it actually goes into detail on when they left. Okay. Um, and it gives it, it gives it, you got to do math. So for all of you that love math, you're going to love Jubilees because you got to figure out Jubilees of years. And it it does it in days and weeks. A week, when it says a week, a week of years in Jubilees uh, is seven years, which makes sense. Yeah. A week of years, right? So you got to kind of do some math. But the math, if it says it's in the 35th Jubilee, then you only count the 34th times 50 because the Jubilee is 50 years. Yeah. You're in the 35th. It's So, so you got to do some math. Yeah. It's kind of funky. But in this particular instance, it's awesome because it tells you specifically when they actually left the garden to the day. Okay. Um, or at least to the week. I don't okay. think it ever gets a specific day, maybe. But okay. yeah, they were only there like, and I want to say it was maybe a few months. They probably had to go through like basic training. <laughs> so I always look at it. They like had to go through like, okay, here's how this is going to work now. And before I kick you out, I'm going to make you some clothes. And then I got to put you through <laughs> earth basic training because things are going to be a lot worse now. Yeah. Here's how to skin a dinosaur. <laughs> what? Make dino boots. What? Which is an interesting thing, too. I had I had some of the kids ask me, like, where the dinosaurs, like, where they fit in the timeline. And uh, I personally think that's a that's a manipulation of... Uh, yeah, I do, too. The genetic manipulation of the Nephilim. Yeah. I think that's how we probably got some dinos. Because it, it only talks about God creating the behemoth and the leviathan. Yes. Doesn't. No. And the behemoth was the male and the leviathan was the female. Yes. But those were both ocean-dwelling creatures. Yes. I do believe. But I think that, yeah, you got a lot of genetic manipulation. That's It's not overtly stated in any of the texts, but what is stated over and over and over and over and over again, like over and over again, is like it's kind, like it's kind, yep. like it's kind, and they all corrupted their kind, things like that. And so you can clearly see in here that there's a genetic disturbance that's occurring. And again, after the flood. Yeah. Do you think um, creation could have been time travel? Um, well, explain what you mean by that. We've kind of touched on this before, like um, how everything was just there when God spoke it. there. Now, did it start out as a seed and grow really fast? Like a spe- like like on fast forward, or or was it? They're like trees and grass. And this is where I have a strange, it's not that strange of a theory, actually. It's just hard to articulate. And I'm pretty verbose. So if it's hard to articulate for me, <laughs> I'd say it's something. But what you just talked about here, I, I, I remember several years ago, there was a televised or you could go online and watch debate between Bill Nye and Ken Ham. Who was the? I remember that. Uh, Ken Ham is the one that 
that founded and owns the Creation Museum down in Kentucky. Yeah. And I remember um, the debate between them, and I felt so misrepresented there. Yeah, yeah. Because you had two extremes. It was like it was, it's like watching politics. You had extreme left and you had extreme right, and they were debating from only those two perspectives. Yeah. And I sit somewhere in the middle, and I felt very misrepresented or not. I didn't even misrepresent is not a way to put it. I felt not represented at all. Because one of the things that I feel like, and you can clearly see this, the, nobody can argue this. There's a clear manipulation of time that is occurring in the creation story. And it's exactly what you just said. Because here we have all these things springing up in a day. Right? Yeah. Well, God does not, time is a human concept. And we do not understand anything that is not bound by time. We just can't. Yeah. You know, one of the theories is that gravity is not bound by, the only thing that is unbound by time is gravity. Now, when you say that to me, I'm like, okay, I get it on a very surface level, but I cannot explain it and I do not understand it in any kind of depth, right? Because I've never had anybody and nor can anyone explain to you what exactly gravity is. Nobody can explain what gravity is. We can explain what it does, but we cannot explain what it is. Nobody can. Yeah. Go check it out if you think I'm wrong. So it's dark matter. Probably. It's stuff we shouldn't be playing with. (laughs) It's God matter. But you can see in the creation story, no matter if you're reading in Jubilees or you're reading in Genesis or whatever, there is a clear manipulation of time. All of these things are happening and being sprung up in a day. Yeah. Our day. I think God did this in one of our 24 hour yeah. periods of time. But I think that he operates under outside of time as we know it. So during that 24 hours, he's speeding things up. Yeah. Like I guess a good way to put it. Here's a good, here's a good analogy. So this is, this is, I just can't thought of this. So thank you, God, if this makes sense to anybody, because it came from him. Imagine watching um, security camera footage or a movie. There you yeah. go. Let's do that. Imagine sitting down in Netflix and you have a thousand years or even uh, let's just say 10 days, right? And you hit fast forward. Okay. All, Max, fast forward. You are experiencing all of that time. Yeah. But time as we know it while you're doing that is only click, click, click one second at a time, right? Yeah. It's the same exact concept of how creation is worked in the Bible or the creation narratives. It's That is exactly what's happening. So that's how God is able to operate. Yeah. Now, the after effect of that, sorry. No. The after effect of that is when we go back and we now examine these plants or the earth or whatever, we see, well, this stuff's really old. It's older than the seven-day creation. Yeah. Well, yeah, because God was accelerating time that we would perceive it to make these things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The reason reason why, say, I was going somewhere. The reason why I ask is when Jesus withers the fig tree. Yeah. And the disciples couldn't believe how fast it 
was withered. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I always thought, well, okay, so it died. No, it actually withered. I mean, they... Yeah, it, he wa- they watched it, like, go through a death cycle. Yes. Accelerated they, death cycle. Yes, and they couldn't believe that. Yeah. It, does that not fit to a T perfectly? Yeah, that's that's where I was going with, with what I just said. Yeah. Yes. So when we go and we examine all these things and we do carbon dating, which, oh, my goodness. <sighs> carbon dating is so full of holes and so bad. Yeah. It's so easy to pollute and get it wrong. It's not a good measurement. Why is it this year? Because that that was there. Well, why is that? Well, because that says that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just bad. Yeah. Like I was telling you, I was telling Ben at church this morning how there's a, a really good documentary that I watched. Uh, Adrian and I watched. She fell asleep, so she's going to have to rewatch it because it's worth watching twice. So I'm going to use that as an excuse to watch it twice. <laughs> um, on the Shroud of Turin, which is a subject that you and I think are probably going to plan for the near future because that's something that you said you wanted to cover. Yeah. As well. Um, which for those of you that don't know, which I can't, I can't fathom that you don't, but if you don't, here you go. Uh, shroud of Turin is supposedly the death shroud, which Christ was wrapped in when he was placed in the tomb. And you can see, especially when you use ultraviolet light on it because of how much time has gone on, you can see the outline of his face, details of his face, you can see uh, injuries that match up with the biblical account of like the crown of thorns, the scourging. Uh, one of the hands is crossed over the other. So you can see the nail mark in the yeah. kind of wrist area of the hand, um, which makes sense because a lot of times we show hands and feet. Yeah. But a lot of, I think they considered hands would also be. From your elbow to your fingertips was your hand. Right. And it says very clearly in prophecy that none of his bones were broken. Yeah. That was important because for the Passover lamb, none of the bones could be broken. There was a, an Exodus. You can read that for the Passover, which is when Christ was killed. He was killed on what they call preparation day, which is the day before Passover literally died like a couple hours before sundown of of, uh, Shabbat. So sat the Sabbath and also a couple hours before the actual Passover. And during that, there is actually time travel with the shroud. They have proved that as well. Go into that. I haven't heard this one. Oh, because it's a 3D image. Did you know that? Did they talk about that at all on this? Where the body was actually lev- lifted up oh, off, and, off, and, off the table. So it's a complete 3D image burnt onto the shroud to where he wasn't laying down. It, like when it happened, it was like... Whenever he was resurrected, yeah, it, he was lifted up off the table and it burnt. And they said there's such time that happened there so quickly. It was just like, boom, in an instant. And they said all of this happened at that one time, at particular time. Now, this one was different. Um, so you have several different things that are on the shroud. They've got four strange holes that are shaped in like an upside down L. One hole at the tip of the bottom of the L, one hole at the corner where the L and the the top of the side would come together, and then two on the above that. Yeah. They don't know how those, where those came from. I have a theory. I have a theory on that. Um, I think that that may have been what was used to tie him, to tie that closed. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's just, that was the first thing popped in my head, but nobody really knows. Um, 
And then they talked about how, and one guy even went to great lengths to show how bacteria, we all have bacteria on our bodies all the time, right? But how in the state that he was in with um, extended stress and you, you emit certain chemicals, right? Yeah. And then it just is a breeding ground, especially when you have the blood, sweat, dirt, and then you have all of the stress hormone chemicals that are being released as well that kind of all work together as a kind of a binding agent. And when you're wrapped tightly, that's how all of the transference happened to the cloth. Now, on the, on the shroud itself, too, um, you have several watermarks yeah and several actual burn holes yeah it was in a fire or something yes so i forget when this was i mean in the grand scheme it wasn't that long ago but it was like i don't know i'll just say 1600 or something before our time long before our time but 1600 because supposedly the carbon dating they clipped one of the corners of the shroud back in the 90s i want to say yeah was the 90s or early 2000s Something like that. I think it was 90s. It was when they were finally getting going with carbon dating, and they're like, cool, we can test this thing. And then they got him and hauling over where to actually take the test sample from because they didn't want to cut on the thing anywhere. But unfortunately, you got to cut pieces off of it in order to do carbon dating. So the geniuses decide to cut it from a corner, which is where everything gets handled. When you hold up a bed sheet, when you yeah. hold up a flag, where do your hands go? It goes on the corner. So the corners had been highly, and you could even see the the how they'd been polluted yeah. over time by getting handled. So they did the carbon dating. The carbon dating came back to like the medieval times, like 1300 and something. So they're like, oh, okay, it's a fake. Like, well, no, you polluted the sample. So yeah. it had been manhandled to the point where you're never going to get any good. You're probably never going to get any good carbon dating off any part of it. Yeah. Because it's been handled too much. But anyway. The burn holes, I think, happened in like sixteen hundred and something. I want to say, yeah, it was a, it was, wasn't it? In uh, they kept it in a silver, yeah, to melt it in, a, yeah, in and a silver vault in a church somewhere, in like the wall, yeah. And there was a fire in the church, and it got hot enough to melt the silver, and the silver dripped on the shroud and burnt holes in it, but the shroud had been folded. A certain way and so that's why there's uniformity in the burn holes yeah. and then there's also uniformity in the water marks that are on it yeah and this was pretty fascinating because what they said with that was back in like Qumran Qumran's a good example they found all the scrolls for the most part in these clay jars like anything you wanted to keep for a long time and keep it safe, you would put in these clay pots, yeah, right, to, in bigger clay pots. And the way they folded the shroud up was done in a certain way, and then it was tucked down inside of a clay pot. And condensation had built up and gotten this one corner of the shroud wet after it was folded inside the pot. Yeah. And when you unfurl it, the guy showed the example of what he was talking about. He folded a shroud that was the exact same dimensions, how they had folded it. He, you know, did everything and then pulled it out, unfurled it. And you can clearly see the exact same marks that are on the shroud. 
I mean, it was like, I was like, okay, well, that solves yeah. that to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was like perfect. And then over time, because they haven't been storing it properly, the, the uh, sweat and blood marks are fading. Yeah. Um, you can really see them really well in like the UV light. Yeah. But visually, it's getting more difficult to see. So they've now got it in like this locked glass, hermetically sealed glass. Yeah. Like we probably keep the Constitution in. Yeah. Or not the Constitution, but the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Constitution too, I'm sure. But Yeah. And there's more I want to talk about. Go. <laughs> well, on the... Fire away. Um, it turned into the shroud. Well, we're talking time travel, <laughs> so it's... The, and uh, the... Um, they put yeah, a, we did get into shroud turn, <laughs> I guess. They, uh, when they crucified him, they put the the yeah the napkin on his head, a separate he, cloth, while he was on the cross, and they can tell how long he was hanging there. Like after he, they took him down off the cross to undo him. Mm-hmm. He was there for forty five minutes, hanging upside like his face would be on the ground, the top of the cross would be on the ground, so he'd be facing so they could undo him from the cross mm. and they could tell by how the blo- how long it took the blood to pool in that cloth yeah like and forensically yes forensically so he was upside down for 45 minutes while they took him off the cross anyway we're burning up another show i know i'm sorry i just thought <laughs> no, no, of no, no 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 i i went into way more detail i know and i'm i, I, the, I this is something i like that yeah i had a i had a um going back to time travel and being on, Thank you, ben. on God's right now, we're kind of like on God's time. Oh yeah, for sure. It's God's show. Um, in revelation, it says heaven was quiet for a half hour. Have you ever done the time with that? I don't remember. I don't remember the scripture to, to, so, to you know, be true. It was like when they were, it was like the final and everything in heaven quieted down. And I said for about a half hour, that's 20 years. If you go by God's time. Um, are you doing the a day is a thousand years? Yes. Math? Yes. So and how long was it? 20 years. 20 years. So can we ever think of a time in our history where heaven has been a quiet for 20 years? No. I'm just throwing that out there. Just no, I'm not like, I have the answer. I'm just throwing that out there as, as to think about. Like when things start getting bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, you had had something else, too, that we can dive into. Because, um, okay, so there's there's the governmental side where we get into this really... And, okay, for anybody that knows how the government operates, and I'm sure they're throwing tons of cash at this, but here we can see a clear connection between MK Ultra, which is the beginning stages, the crude beginning stages of trying to figure out how to manipulate and break down a mind. Yeah. Because that's really what MK Ultra was. How to control, break down, manipulate, that's take a lot over easier a mind. With uh, reality TV. <laughs> yeah. That's called numbing a mind. <laughs> we just want to numb them out. But that they do though. The the yeah. we know we know. Listen, I, I think everybody knows at this point that that television set has been while originally designed for entertainment purposes, I don't think it was necessarily bad. I don't know. I could be naive there. It's definitely been turned and taken into, been taken advantage of. Yeah. 
Uh, we all know our our media is manipulated. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, like that's that ain't even worth discussing on this show because it's so obvious, right? I mean, it's so so clearly obvious. But you know, you see this happening with MK Ultra, and it starts up in the '50s, and then we go forward like however many years with it, and then you have this Project Gateway. So you can see the lineage, yeah, right, where we've continued to work on this stuff and perfect it. And it's even like to me, MK Ultra is like this really crude step one. By the time you get to Project Gateway in the seventies, okay, now you can see that this is almost we've branched off into multiple different aspects now. Oh yeah. Right. And this is just one branch where we're now trying to develop a human mind, not necessarily manipulate the mind, right? Not break the mind, not manipulate the mind, but attune the mind to doing these crazy things. Yeah. Okay. Such as time travel. And even I think, I do believe when you go read it, it even talks on the outskirts a little bit about telekinesis, being able to move things with the mind, but we're doing these things. And this is a detailed report with a lot of technical information. It's, it's, it's hard to follow. The guy does a good job. Whoever wrote it, bravo. You're Because you could tell whoever wrote it had to learn this stuff themselves yeah. to write this report for someone else, which is how the government works. And they're explaining it in like as best layman terms as they can. Yeah. And kind of building one concept on another concept on another before you get to these different like levels or whatever that people can do. Yeah. So you can see that they developed all this technology and and then you get to the eighties and now you can see the implementation of this where we've got some dude in a room that is being put under hypnosis and given like asked to travel a million years BC on Mars and given specific coordinates. So you can see that we've invested years of time and you know that they kept doing it. Oh, yeah. So where are we at now, 40 years later? Heaven only knows. We would need a machine, I think. <laughs> which is the other side of the coin, which is what you were talking about upstairs. So go ahead and dive into that. Oh, my little observation that I made? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I always wondered. Um, there's It's mentioned twice in the Bible. In, the, in Revelation... It says John was told to measure the temple. So he measures it. And then in Ezekiel, Ezekiel sees a man measuring the temple. And I asked, or I told Kyle, I said, do you think that's John going back in time? Or is it Ezekiel seeing John in the future measuring the temple? Either way, you're seeing God work in such a way that he's outside of time right there. Yeah. And I'll try to find, and so I'll try to find the verse while you're talking. Yeah. About. I may have a hard and time, but. I've always wondered about that. Is time travel real? Um, if Ezekiel saw John, then, you know, then it was a prophecy. But if John goes back and measures the temple, then he went back in time. Here you go. What you're talking about is revelation. Um, 11. Yes. Revelation 11 verses verse one. Yes. And this particular section is called the two witnesses. So here you go. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. 
but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months, which is an interesting discussion based on where we sit today, two days after we have the invasion of Israel by Hamas. Did you hear how they went in? Yes, I did. I, wa- I watched it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And on going. the paragliders? You're talking <laughs> the paragliders, right? That was a cr- Adrian was watching. She goes, I never see anything like that. There's some guys that fly around my house like that, and I'm wondering how. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Just give them an AK, and they can go over to uh, work for Hamas. So they will trample on the holy city for 42 months, and I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they uh, and they stand before the Lord of Earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. Uh, they have the power to shut up the heavens, so it will be not rain during the time they are prophesying, and they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. And then. Uh, just a throwback in the book of, I will say it correctly, the Gospel of Nicodemus. It says the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah. Yes. So, just a quick tie. Did you just reference an extra biblical text? I, I, if you can do it, I can do it. High five, Ben. <laughs> I'm not chastising you. I'm telling you, good job. There's a lot of extra biblical texts that are good. I'm trying to find your. Uh, it's um, the only the only other one that I thought of was maybe Amos. Amos, because there's some measuring that goes on in Amos too. It's, uh, start uh, Ezekiel 40, I do believe. If it marked Ezekiel 45. Yes. Uh, in the sacred district, measure off a section 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide, and it will be the sanctuary, the most holy place. Well, and, and then in 40 says he sees a man measuring the temple. Oh. Ezekiel chapter 40. Yeah, let's go back there. That's pretty fascinating. So, yeah, it could be. I think that there are, the Bible is so richly complex. And could, okay, we could, now we're, now I'll throw in, could the Bible also be relative? Now, what do you mean by that? Now, the best way I can explain this, you think think of a record and how a record has grooves, and you could not necessarily you can't get the grooves close together, but if you fold the record, the grooves would get that way then. So you're not actually you're you're bending time to where it'll meet. To where you were, to where it was. Yeah, that's how they explain a wormhole. Yeah, right. Like they do that. Would in, that be relative? I don't think that would be relative. In, in, uh, like relativity? Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. They use relativity to explain it. Yes, it's all Greek to me, but yeah, it's all complex. Yes, math. Which see, it, again, like we were talking um, movies at the beginning. See, like when Maria drives, that's what happens. Everything kind of folds closer <laughs> together. Hopefully not the car to you. <laughs> no, it's just she drives yeah. fast. So it's uh, like, okay. <laughs> you get time distortion yes. because, hey, Adrian does that too. 
She's gonna be. She's gonna smile. So this is hilarious because Adrian always listens to the podcast. Typically, like a when they come out on Mondays. So she's sitting at her computer across from me, and I'm sitting on the other side at my computer. And she'll throw her headphones on, and then I hear little giggles every once in a while. So she's gonna giggle when she gets this part right now. So there you go. There you go, Squiggles. There's your giggles. So yeah, yeah that's 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 how I think of time sometimes because. I think of it as a record and we're just going around not not necessarily literally but we are go- we are traveling the clock of time you know and and if we could a wormhole somewhere to go back a shall we say a portal yeah Ooh. somewhere could that happen i i have no idea Possible. Yeah. I, I I definitely, I think for me, again, another read through the Old Testament will be very eye-opening now from the perspective that I sit in having read some of the other extra-biblical texts. Yeah. Because it's like, instead of having things that just confuse me, I read things now with so much more clarity. Yeah. Because I understand. It's like, you know, getting dropped into, you know, season six out of seven and you're like, I don't understand everything, but I'm interested. Yeah. But then when you go back and you see seasons one through five in linear format, now when you go back and you watch season six, everything makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's the way it is for me reading the Bible now after reading Enoch specifically. Yeah. And Jubilees. Yeah. That's when I, yeah. When I, I like your Rosetta stone comment. Yes. Yeah. I think that was, um, uh, his name just flew out of my mind. My dad's probably yelling right now of who it was as, as he's listening to this. Uh, um, was it oh, one of the guys he likes? Yes. Uh, oh, I think I know who um, but, um Steve Quayle. Oh, no, I would have picked somebody else. I think it was Steve Quayle that said that. Oh, okay. About the record deal? Yeah. As, no, as the Enoch being the Rosetta Stone. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Steve, if you're listening, good job. Yeah. Yes. And if you want, come on the show. We'd yeah, love to talk to you. We'd love to talk to you. Definitely. He'd be a good one to reach out to. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, it's 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 a fascinating thing, the time travel. But then for the last part of the show, um, you kind of alluded to it earlier. We get into so you've got all this pra- this theoretical stuff, right? We're doing all these things, but there's no practical application, no physical application. Like from a time travel perspective, we're yeah. doing this in the mind. We're yeah. not doing this in pra- uh, like practical using technology, yeah, kind of thing. But that may not be the case either. Oh, yes. Well, you you're the one that you, I, you I, and I both I'm saw acting this. Surprise. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I was like, "What are you acting surprised for?" <laughs> uh, so you and I saw, I think, the same guy. I do not recall his name, so forgive me for that. Do you remember his name? I don't either. I can find it. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you guys go look and just kind of look up uh, guy interviewed time travel, I'm sure that'll probably get you there. I, the interview that I saw, he was not physically present on the show. They were interviewing him via telephone. Yeah, so it was a TV it. show, but they're interviewing him via telephone. I think that's one I've seen. Too. And it was an Australian TV yeah. show. So you saw the same thing I did. Yeah. And they had the guy's name on there. So, and a picture of him. Um, and he even claims to be 
the father of or the the son of a well known general or something. Yeah. So I mean, if if he's a Fruit Loop, that's kind of a enjoy dragging your dad down with you. Yeah. <laughs> now his dad's probably dead, but who knows? Um. So that was kind of an interesting thing, but supposedly this guy claims, and I know this is crazy, but he claims. What, in the 70s? Yeah, I think it was. So the 70s. So this is around the time the Project Gateway thing and even before the whole, you know, thing that I talked about with going, you know, million years back B.C. to these different coordinates and reporting what you see, all that exchange happened in the 80s. So this is in the 70s. This guy was recruited as a child. So his dad must have, like, hey, take my kid. (laughs) Um, which, you know, I'm like, if you're, I mean, if you're a bad guy, right. And I'm not saying necessarily these people are bad people, but I think monkeying with this stuff probably doesn't put you on the top of my list of people I want to trust. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? But somebody that's like, that's going to offer their kid up. They're not going to think twice about it. You're just a, you're just a cool, a convenient, uh, pawn for your dad. Yeah. But his dad, as most kids are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mow the grass. <laughs> we just have you to have labor. <laughs> cheap labor. Cheap, cheap, cheap to the point of free, which is relative because you eat a lot and you charge up the light bill and various other things. But um, he gets put into this program where I think there was some, I think there was some gateway style training that had to be yeah. had. I definitely remember that being in there. Didn't they have to like to sit in a chair or something? And there was a couple different things. Yeah. They like they had them do a couple. They they had a physical way. Yeah. To do time travel. And all of his examples were past. No, he had one where he said he went to the year 2045 or something like that. That's an interesting year. I, I could be off. But I remember him saying yeah. that he went to the, he went future one time, but all most of his examples were all past. Yeah. And he said that he actually went, he did not interact, like they could create this hologram, is the way he described yeah. it, in the room, and you could see, um, the past, yeah, like happening as it was happening, and yeah. they said they went back and they saw Christ's crucifixion, yeah. And then if you stepped into the middle of this hologram, then you would actually go, you would be able to interact and people would be able to interact with you. Yeah. And he said that he went, I forget where he said that he went to. 1800s maybe or something like that. I can't remember. And people saw him and were interacting with him and they knew that he was from a different time. Even though he was, he said he would dress the part and everything. Yeah. But they knew, they could tell he was from a different time because he just like showed up and then just disappeared. Which, can you imagine being the person? <laughs> like, wow. Do you, you probably don't tell anyone. Yeah. I mean, people are going to, th- especially in the 1800s, people are going to yeah. think you're a straight up fruitcake. They're going to go yeah. take you and, and, you know, put an ice pick in your eye socket and tink, tink, tink and give you a lobotomy. They're going to, yeah. they're, they're good. They will. Yeah. Like you're not gonna tell anybody that. That's that's interesting. Um because I think of all the shows that people go back, you know, they say don't touch anything, don't you know, you ruin the Yeah, you'll interact the, with yourself or yeah. you'll you'll ripple time. He said that's not really what happens. Yeah. He said everything is already 
determined. Yeah. And wouldn't that be how God worked? Well, it makes sense because... Oh, well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, to me, that makes sense because we, we, on, on the surface, it defies what we talked about earlier, yeah. where God knows the outcome of multiple timelines. But if you're going back, it's already been set. Yeah. The, the, this particular... It's almost like... And they, you know they have to be thinking about this. You know that... If I'm a dumb schlub sitting here thinking about it, you know these dudes have thought about it. Yeah. Because it seems like to me the only thing that he was able to do was to access the same string of time that we currently know. Yeah. So if it's possible, if it's if, if it's possible to access an alternate timeline, yeah. That you know they've thought about that and have tried to do it. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think they're gonna be able to do it. And it may not even be possible anyway. Maybe the past is one linear string of time, and then the future is like spaghetti that's being wound. You pick your strand. Yeah. You know, I guess I think of it like a, a braided cord. Like all of these, all of the timelines in the past were at one point separate strands of the cord. But as you arrive to the present, all of the things in the past are all now braided into one cord. Yeah. So as we continue forward, the cord gets braided together. Yeah. So, like, whatever we're experiencing now, the cord is forever braided into that strand. But in the future, we could make to choose different things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I always say, you know, when somebody watches Top Gun, I always say, does Goose still die? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can't change it. I watched a version where he didn't. Oh, really? I closed my eyes and pretended it didn't happen. (laughs) And convince myself of reality. <laughs> that's we laugh, Ben, but a lot of people do that for real. <laughs> you know, that's just you know. Yeah, you do. You're like, maybe this time he won't die. Yeah, but that's 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 how the past is. I mean, set. It's set. You can't change it. You. It would be great to go see it and uh, experience it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest thing we have is Connor Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be a blacksmith. Oh, yeah. I think it's sad because we we live in a time where, you know, like I know for Adrian and I, we've had conversations that we never dreamed of growing up as kids that we'd ever have. Oh, I know. About how bad the world is and like if things went completely sideways of what use would I be? Yeah. Like what skill would I be able to bring to the party? Yeah. You know, in order to make myself valuable? Yeah. Be a good skill to have that blacksmithing. Yeah, it would be. It'd be fun to do now. Yeah. But yeah, you think about that stuff, which is kind of insane that we're in that time. Yeah. And the funny thing. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We watched The Village last night, Mm. you know, and that's that that brings up a whole slew of questions. Yeah. And topics to talk about. You know, really was that time better than th- than we are now? Which, if you haven't seen The Village, the girl isn't really blind. No. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. She is. Uh, I, I I'm teasing you. I'm, I'm fake trying to ruin the movie for you, which is not. That is completely a lie that I just said. Or is it? <laughs> so <laughs> That's so mean. But it's, you know, we did, it, that's a discussion that, you know, that's, that's a, a, I mean, it's a very simple thought, but when you go... And do something like that. Yeah. Is it really worth it? I, yeah, especially the older I get as an adult, right? Because you think about things completely differently. Yeah. Completely differently. Um, 
And obviously that situation was, you know, built or I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody. If you yeah. haven't seen it, go watch the village. It's worth it. It's good. It's good. It's a good flick. Um, and you'll understand more of what we're talking about, but you know, you need to make some dis- decisions on how, how open do you want to be about what you're doing? Yeah. If you get where I'm going there, cause you've seen the movie. Um, so how would you, how would you set it up for that? Would you, would you be open and honest with like all the kids and stuff with the other adults? I mean, well, the other adults knew, but yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some things that you'd have to figure out from that perspective, but yeah, man, the more we can get out of this crazy world, I am down. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought it'd be fun to go back to the fifties. Yeah. I was watching something the other day. What was I watching? And it was kind of set in like the, the sixties. And I was like, man, that looks like such a fun, peaceful, like cool. I know. Time. I know. That's what I thought about the fifties. And then I hear people that, you know, live there and they were like, they were boring or whatever, you know? No. No, I mean no. this is like, this is overstimulated Nightmareville. Yes, it is. I miss, I miss the eighties. Amen. <laughs> That's right. That was good times. Yes, it was. That was like honestly the eighties. I think was like the last. We saw like the, the twilight of, the good times before the chaos. Came. Yeah, it was. It really was. Like I don't know how much time we have left. Like we were joking on the web on the uh, website. Which if you don't, if you're not, if you're on Facebook, not the website, but the, our Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook and you're not on there already, you can go look up the Tinfoil Hack Club podcast and you can join us on the Facebook page. So there's my shameless plug for that. But we were joking around on there about this comet that they found that's supposed <laughs> to hit the earth in like 2155 or whatever yeah. ridiculous number. And I made the joke about being Wormwood. I wasn't really being serious. I was just being more fun about it. And um, because in the Bible it talks about, it doesn't say a comet, it says a star yeah. falls and pollutes the water and people die because the water's bitter, which I would say is poison. Yeah. Um, and I was just joking about being wormwood, but I, if we're still around in 2155 under our current, I wouldn't want to be here. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I, me neither. I, I would find that based on all of the prophecy we can see about what things look like in the end times, I would find that highly improbable. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of other generations have said the same thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, these kids coming up. They're yeah. going to destroy the earth for sure. <laughs> God's going to pull. Can you imagine what God sees on a daily basis? I don't want to imagine. No. I, I wouldn't want to imagine a fraction of a percentage. Of a fraction of a percent. You think he rubs his head a lot? <laughs> I think he cries. Yeah. I think he actually, I can't even imagine the disparity. And that's the thing, like, when again, when I was prepping the class this week, and we were talking about prophecy, because really, ultimately, you're talking about time. When you're talking about prophecy, you're kind of talking in, like, the time travel side. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you're not traveling, but you're able to see the future. And you're, That's co- what, and you're covering a lot of distance. You are like, like poetically, figuratively and yeah, literally. Right. So like all of the lesser prophets, I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. Like how many, how many different things in like Zechariah, which is a book that like we hardly ever reference. Uh, yeah. Zechariah is filled with like several different prophecies in like the chapters 10, 11, 12 zone, 11 and 12 really. Yeah. But like Psalm 22, a lot of like I, I've said this a few times too, like people don't understand when we talk about King David and we talk about David, we think King David, we think David and Goliath, we think him running from Saul and, you know, 
Bathsheba and Solomon and all these things, but we don't talk about David the prophet. David was a prophet and a very good prophet. Yeah. And when you go read Psalms, Psalms is filled with prophecy. Yeah. And Psalms 22, if you want to if you want to have a, a heavy read tonight on what your savior uh did for you, go read Psalm 22. Yeah. Because it is undoubtable um Christ knew what he was going to be going through. Yep. Hence why he was sweating blood before it happened. I would be sweating blood too. Knowing what he was getting ready to experience. Uh, And when you read Psalm 22 and you see all the things that your Savior was willing to do for you and God was willing to watch, that is, uh, that's a heavy hit to the gut. Yeah. And have you uh, watched any of the forensic stuff about that? They talked about it on the show with the Shroud. Yeah. They said the crown of thorns specifically was the way your head and the nerves in your head are and the way that those would be driven into the skull would be excruciating. Yeah. I mean, with the slightest movement. Yeah. Because it's just going to hit those nerves. And it wasn't a little round thing. It was like a whole hood pretty much of... Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. And then they said the, the way that the nails were driven through the hands and the wrists... It actually strikes one of the nerves yeah. that's the most sensitive in your whole body. Yeah. And it would just feel like lightning getting shot up your arms. Yep. And a lot of the prophecy says that his, um, the, Psalms 22 says, my bones are out, all my bones are out of joint. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure that he suffered multiple dislocations. Yeah. Um, during the whole event. I mean, it, it, it was... Very excruciatingly brutal torture. Yes, it was. That probably a normal human being wouldn't have been able to make it through. Yeah. They would have died long before. They probably would have died during the scourging. Yeah. Which is, uh, you ever see the Passion of Christ? Yeah. The scourging scene is uh, rough. And that was was light, too, of what he probably actually looked like. Yeah, he was hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. He... It was honestly only by God's hand was he able to probably live through all of that as oh, long yeah. as he did from yeah. blood loss. Yeah. He probably didn't have much left other than water when they pierced his side. Yeah. Because of how bad he was whipped up. Yeah. And then he had to carry the cross, all that, you know, well, he, Simon wound up carrying it. Yeah. The, the guy that he finds on the side of the road that they picked out to do it. But yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But the time travel thing, um, kind of going back to that, this particular gentleman that we were just talking about where he was recruited as a boy uh, says that the intelligence community has been operating on a forward time basis since the 70s, meaning they are accessing the future and trying to see what's going to go on. And that's where I asked... Which court are they on, though? Yes. Which strand are we on? Yes. And who is manipulating that as well? Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like, well, that might be the strand of today, but the minute you make a change, then you're going to change, you're going to switch to a different strand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's not going to get you much. No. Maybe avoid things. Maybe. Just, just a little bit, but... <sighs> it's a head swimmer. You know, you... And, and the president doesn't know any of this. 
Of course not. I don't think. I think maybe some presidents are privy to more than their than others because yeah. of who their daddies were or because of where they have sat in yeah. the structure. But like a Bill Clinton, no, Jack, you're not getting anything. Barack Obama, you ain't getting nothing. I know doofus in office isn't getting anything, and you know they didn't give Donald anything. They ain't giving Donald nothing. <laughs> They're not giving him anything. Kidding me? No. No way. No. I remember Clinton talking about, and, and Hillary, too. They were big uh, UFO people, yeah. and they wanted to find out, and they are like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I know. Stop I, asking. And it was so weird. You I'm know? the president. So what? You're a civilian. That you know, and that was still back when things were kind of quote unquote naive in the nineties. Yeah, that was the end. Although we did watch, we did watch. Um, th- sorry, but this just goes back to the whole three letter agency. We did watch the Richard Jewell movie that Clint oh, Eastwood did. Uh, where the, okay, so this is the uh, Atlanta yeah. Olympic bombing. Yeah, we watched that. Where he was falsely accused. Yes. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, looking back, hindsight, how they always did the same playbook on everybody. No. They did it on him. Imagine that. You know, and then I do. Why would they change it? It works. And and it was the same president in office that was running the same playbook as well. Imagine that. Yeah, I think they use each president for their own um, nefarious deeds at the time. You think they're like, you think they're, so, okay, future show. Yes. Um, we, you know, we talked, we kind of hinted at 9-11, but another one that we probably could do a show on would be Oklahoma City. Yeah. And you go look at all these events and things just don't make sense. No. Things are not, things don't add up. Yeah. But let's just say for the sake of argument, this is a good way to end the show. We got about probably 15 or so minutes left because we're already at our, our time almost, but imagine... Okay, just a history lesson for everybody. Um, that is, everybody has probably seen by this point what's going on in Israel. We already referenced it. Dudes are coming in on, <laughs> what do you call those guys? Paracycles or whatever yes. they call them. <laughs> so they're like the fan blades that you get down in Mississippi. But Ultralights or whatever. Parachute attached to it, and the dudes are coming into it at a time with machine guns. Yeah, there's guys that fly around here it, like that. I remember like Adrian, had, Adrian saw it first. And she had it pulled up on her phone. So I was kind of like looking over her shoulder and I was watching this. And I'm like, I literally thought, oh, they're refilming Red Dawn. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? So um, she saw today, I haven't been able to verify this, but it, it wouldn't shock me, where Al-Qaeda has asked Iran, who did they ask? Iran, Iraq, and Syria. I want to say for access to travel through the country to get to Israel to help Hamas. Interesting. Now, of course they're going to use the several billion dollars of military equipment that we gave them to do it. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't the first time if let's just play this out that that happens. This is not the first time that that we have done that. No. Okay. Because a little history lesson, this goes all the way back to Vietnam. Yeah. When you go back to Vietnam, so let's time travel (laughs) to our current reality of past. You go back to Vietnam and the Russians and the Chinese were giving the North Vietnamese, mainly the Russians, 
were giving the North, were arming the North Vietnamese and giving them all the things they needed to combat us because it was in obviously their the Cold War best interest yeah. to bleed us out. So as we get deeper and deeper in Vietnam and the body count's going up and up, and I think we wind up losing what fifty some thousand yeah. guys over there, right? We lose fifty some thousand troops, and the Russians just. You know, that was great for them. They they thought they were getting a leg up in the Cold War. Yeah. Okay. Well, you fast forward now. So we get out of Vietnam. We'll leave with disgrace. And fast forward to the 80s. And they go and invade Afghanistan. The Russians do. Yep. Russians invade Afghanistan. I don't remember the whole reason, but they are just shredding the Afghans. Yep. I mean, just shredding them. So we thought, you know what? <clears throat> this is a really good opportunity to give you guys a little taste of Vietnam. So we go in and we fund secretly, yep. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nod, nod, through Charlie Wilson, the congressman, who was the one that was the big one behind it. Yeah. The Mujahideen in Afghanistan. And we give them billions of dollars worth of stuff to fight the Russians. Everything you could ever dream of. Yep. And they start kicking the Russians' butts. And they're bleeding the Russians out. Just like they did to us in Afghanistan or in uh, Vietnam. We're doing this in that, in Afghanistan. Well, through that whole process, so the CIA sends people in, trains these guys, the Mujahideen, gives them all these weapons and stuff. Well, guess who winds up becoming a little local hero through the Mujahideen? And it gets CIA trained. Yep. Osama bin Laden. Yeah. So... We fast forward to 9-11 and all those things that we trained him to do and all the weapons that we gave him now are getting used against us or, you know, in on against us. Yeah, right. Allegedly on September 11th. Right. So then we fast forward now. We leave Afghanistan after we were there and we leave billions of dollars worth of stuff behind and give it. Just give it. Give it over to the people we've been fighting for 20 years. Just hand it to them in Al Qaeda because we wanted them to fight ISIS. Yep. Okay. And they're in charge of our security in the airport, and that worked really well for us. Got 13 of our soldiers killed. And we leave, and it's a disgraceful mess, right? And now those same people are going to turn around once again and come and use our stuff to go and potentially go into Israel and yep. do this. It's, it's incredible. You can't make it up. No. And it goes... We were discussing this last night. And if kids, if they're in there for 42 months, congratulations, we've officially reached Revelation. <laughs> we were discussing this last night. It all goes back to Genesis. It's cousins fighting. Yeah. It's Ishmael's. He's fighting yeah. because he is. Seriously, he it's, was, Ish, it's Ishmael and Isaac. It's He was a kicking donkey, and that's what his blood, I mean, and that's mm-hmm. what he's been to his family. Mm-hmm. So this is has nothing to do with us. This is a family feud, honestly. Yeah, it truly is. And when you go back and you go, because this is another thing too for me that, so I, I have picked Jubilees back up and I've been, I was telling you upstairs, I've been reading through the rest of the book of Jubilees. I, I got zeroed in on the beginning part where it talked about the giants and all that, because that's what I was studying at the time. And I kind of dropped off reading it once it got to Abraham. And it's interesting when you go through Abraham uh, or you go through Jubilees and you read the account of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on. I think it, I think it might even get into Joseph a little bit. Yeah, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, so I got a ways to go. But it's very interesting to read the account because it's almost like the uh, the gospel 
narratives. Yeah. You know how you have to, in order to get the show, the chosen, yeah, you got to take the four gospels and you got to mash them together because you've got pieces from each of the gospels that are only available in certain gospels. Yeah. The big key, key moments are typically in all the gospels. Yeah. But then little moments are typically only in one of the gospels for multiple different reasons. But one of the things that I find most of the time is because they're giving eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Like two of them are eyewitness accounts, right? Two of the gospels. And then the other two gospels are written by people who were not eyewitnesses, but they tend to stick with giving eyewitness account of things they witnessed and don't really get into too much of the things they didn't. Yeah. Um, and it's very much like that when you read Jubilees and then you go back and you read Genesis and it's filling in certain places of the story more in Genesis. And then other times it's filling in certain places of the story more in Jubilees. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to it to be, to sit down at some point and mash them together and you'd have a really complete picture of that yeah. timeline. But that's exactly right. You go back and you read, and Isaac winds up being the father of Israel. Yep. And then um, Ishmael uh, winds up being the father of the Arabs. Yeah. And so they're just, it's fighting cousins. Mm-hmm. So we have, I, we have no right to be over there. We should not be over there. Nope. We should not be helping them. Nope. You know, it let them figure it out on their own. There's another thing, too. And this, obviously, what you said may be a controversial statement for some, but I'll take the brunt. I'll go one worse. <laughs> you know, there have been some things that have come out of Israel here in the last few years. One of them was they were really talking about um, making it a jailable offense to even preach Christianity at yeah. all, mention Christianity. Yeah. And that, to me... It, it, it's so clear when you go and you read the Bible how there is this constant thing where God, they just, they can't stay on the straight and narrow and they fall away. Yeah. And then they come back and then they fall away and then they come back yeah. and then they fall away. And when they fall away, a lot of times God basically says, I'm going to use your enemies to Take you yeah. out to wipe you out. Yeah. I'm going to use your enemies to kick your butt and they're going to take yeah. your land. And that always happens. And it does. And it's just, you got to wonder one of these times if God's going to be like, you know what? You keep turning away from me. Yeah. And it, I'm going to use, I will empower your enemies. Not only will I let them take you down, I will help them. Yeah. Take you down. See, I, I'm a, this might throw, this might be controversial. I'm not a big believer in the 1948. Uh, oh, the war, the however many, the prophecy of 48. Saying oh, because it, it, when you read it, it says God will make them a nation, not Rockefellers, not the U.S., but it says I will make you a nation. Yeah. We're just man. We don't get to do anything. No, we can, we can quote unquote set up something. Yeah. But it's false. Yeah. And it, I got to say, it does, you know, it does seemingly, it looks like based on history, God has protected them because they are basically surrounded by a bunch of people that want to kill them. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I watched that was front page news, and Adrian and I watched it, was one of the first things that Israel did in response is they went into Gaza. They didn't go into Gaza, but they, they told the news headquarters in Gaza you have an hour to evacuate before we level the building. 
Do you know this? Like Al Jazeera and all the local press that were gathered in the building in the Gaza Strip in their media tower. Oh, I don't know. Yes. <clears throat> Israel said, told them, you have an hour to evacuate and then we're going to level the building. So they all evacuated and they went in and threw an airstrike and you can see the bombs coming down. Like the 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 hits around the building. Yeah. Leveled the base of the building and took the whole thing down. Now, why would they do that? They were trying to claim that uh, Hamas was using it as like, yeah, you know, shield. Yeah, everybody in the building's like, no, they weren't. They weren't. Not even Hamas was in here. I think they did that because they're getting ready to do some stuff in the Gaza Strip that they don't want people reporting. Probably, it's going to be ugly. This is going to get ugly. Yeah, really ugly. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, folks. Pray for all the innocent people over yeah. there that have nothing to do with this. Yes. Um, because they're the ones that always wind up being the victims at the end of the day. Yeah. It's it's going to get bad. Yeah, kind of like um, uh, in service today where said that the rulers should go out and yeah. fight the wars. <laughs> that's right. And it, that's how it used to be. Yeah. Kings would go out and fight for their people. That's right. No king fights for his people. There's only one king that I know that still fights for his people. You're talking the Jordanian king? No, I'm talking oh. about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I went human with it. You went much more, much grander than I. The only one that I like is the guy in Jordan, King Hussein. And now it's not, is it Hussein? I don't know. I don't think it, no, it's not Hussein. Does that show my Americanism? No. I don't know. Who's no, that? it doesn't. He's cool. I like that guy. He could be a total dirtbag, but the things I've seen, I like of him. But he's actually like militarily trained, like legit, like not like, you know, I got some honorary crap, you know, he's like legit, like in all the families, legit military trained and he flies jets and the whole nine. Well, speaking of, uh, they say that Israelis are the best fighter pilots because their reaction time is so good. Now, would that, would that go back to them just being? A natural fighter because of God. I don't. They've been doing it for thousands of years. Yes, hard to say. All I know is when you go start screwing around with Israel, you typically get stomped. Yeah, and they stomp you. They're not like us. We're like we worry about everybody else's reaction to the things we do in some ways. Yeah, on the surface, not them. Yeah, they'll just go hammer you. They will hammer you, and they do not care. Yeah, and what they, the world has to say about it. And they do have the uh, Samson option as well. Which is? Nukes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 going to get a, it's going to get weird. It's going to get bad. And it's just it's always bad for the innocent people, man. But kids, yeah. you know, like kids don't know anything. Man. So you're saying time travel could really speed up if this if this is it. You know, the other thing, too, that everybody was talking about was how do they not know? How'd they not know that they were getting ready to launch that? That's a mass. They launched a massive operation, right? This is a massive operation that they were doing. Like, how did they not know? How did we not know on September 11th? Yeah. See, I didn't know about it. I mean, I'm, I've got my head buried in my own life. We were watching something. Something came across our phones because we don't watch the news typically. Yeah. But, you know, you catch things, especially when it's big news. It'll eventually get to you. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't watch the news. It's just all... Usually I get news through memes. When it becomes a meme, that's when I get it. Get ready. It's coming. 
It's coming. Maybe yeah. that's what Israel said. Get ready, they're coming. Get ready, they're coming. I. It seems to me, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I typically tend to think more conspiratorial-minded, which is hilarious because it's not really conspiratorial. It's no. just wake up and smell the roses that people are evil and do evil stuff. Yeah, yeah. We know. I'm like, we can see how these people operate. We have the documents, for heaven's sakes. Go read the documents. Yeah. It's like they set their evil right on the table and go, what do you think of that? It's true. <laughs> they, they don't do. care. They don't hide it. Nobody does anything. Why would you hide it? Yeah. If I went and mass murdered people and everybody like, yeah, he's a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah. And they don't ever do anything. Why would I stop murdering people? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the way that our government is. And, and no, all, they're innocent. Right. You mispronounced evil, Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're evil. They're all evil. Uh, I think they knew. There's always a play, man. Yeah. They want to fight. They want to they get in the mix. Like, we probably knew September 11th was coming. Who knows what the depth of that is, right? If we did it, if they did it, who knows? But even, let's just, let's just run the, the avenue of accepted normal, accepted theory or accepted factor, or whatever you want to call it. We had so much intelligence telling us something was getting ready to happen, we didn't do anything. Now, why would we do that? Yeah. Either we're incompetent, or we wanted to go to war with people. Yeah, same with um, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah, we knew. They sent out a warning. We knew. And we knew it was going to happen. We did nothing. And we wanted to get in the war. We were just yeah. trying to find a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Bad things, Ben. Bad things. Evil people. Yes. Well, on that cheery note, Ben, <laughs> we've reached our magic time. So time travel. We, I think it's uh, the other thing, too, is like, okay, so in, you, you take all those events that we just talked about, right? You can take the you can clearly see without a doubt, like there's not conspiracy theory. This is fact. These people have done these things. Yeah. Why would they record it if they hadn't done it? Yeah. They've done it. They've done these things. So that was 40 years ago. So we can see the advancement from the 50s to the 80s. Yeah. In 30 years, less than 30 years. Yeah. And since the 80s, we've had a massive technological. Oh, yeah. Astronomical. Like the curve is like to the moon, right? We carry like, a computer in our pocket. Bingo. So you apply that and you wonder to yourself, that was 40 years ago, not 25 years ago. Because 83 and 50, let's just say I'll give them 30 years. Yeah. 53 to 83. Well, we've gone 40 years, so 10, another decade, plus all the technological advancements during that time. Yeah. Imagine what we're capable of now. A lot more. Especially if they're willing to slide this in front of us and go, hey, yeah, look what we did 40 years ago. Yeah, what are they doing now? That should make you poop your pants in terror. <laughs> yeah, it should. I mean, not ultimately, because I have my 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 end home isn't here. No, it's not. It is while I'm here, though. <laughs> yes, that part of it stinks, but I don't like get all worked up about that stuff. But it's just we shouldn't be blind to it and ignorant to it because no. it's we should see it what for what it is. And there's great evil amongst us. Yes, there is. So, got, got to watch out for the evil. Yeah, we do. It is all around us. So, yes, in closing, please pray for the people of Israel. They all need our prayers for sure, and the people of Palestine. All the innocent people that are going to be involved in this were innocent people. I saw they loaded somebody's grandmother up in a cart, a golf cart, and took her away like as a hostage. My, She's like, okay. I know we're trying to end the show, 
but I got to tell this. Go. But dad, story time with Ben. Yeah, it is and it isn't. I guess it, as my dad used to have his own TV show. So it was it was a political show called Issues in Indiana. I was a cameraman for it back when I was just a little Ben. Little Ben. And so uh, they interviewed these guys from the first Gulf War that um, that they were bombing hospitals, bombing innocent people. Yeah. And that's who they were killing mainly. We, yeah. we yeah. were killing mainly with these smart bombs that they supposedly knew where they, they knew exactly what they were doing. Of course they do. And so there was footage and everything that they had. We won an award. I mean, that, that episode for yeah. the show won. But it was eye-opening. To me, it was eye-opening for the fact that, oh, they lie to us. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't just a, you know, just military, you know, and to come to find out now, you know, they buried whole Iraqi troops alive. They just buried them, <sighs> you know, they bulldozed dirt over them. And yeah. Just like, Sorry. Sucks, sucks to be you. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. So it's war is terrible. War yeah. is bad. But you know, the thing that I think that we've all, we don't say it. I'll say it, but a lot of people are thinking it and don't say it. We were raised to think that we were the good guys. Yeah. And we're not. No. We're evil. Yeah, we are. We're evil. I don't know if we're the most evil country on the earth, but we're vying for the title. Yeah. And I, that pains me to say because it it's not us as the American people. Yeah. It's our government. Yeah. They're evil. I mean, look at the stuff we've talked about today. These are like... Yeah, we might have had our theory here and there, but the vast majority of what we're talking about, other people have either said that is happening or you can go verify it's happened. Yeah. Right? It was the time travel stuff. Yeah. And then we're all watching the news and we're all seeing this stuff happen. I mean, it's it's evil. There's a great evil at work in the world. It used to be more hidden than it is. But now it's right there on the surface for everybody to see. If you got eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll yeah. you'll see and you'll hear it. Yeah, but people choose not to. Yep. So I guess in closing on that cheery note, <laughs> now comes the ray of sunshine closure. <laughs> now, but please do, please pray for the people, you know, and pray for these innocent people that are, who knows where this is going to go and how bad it's going to get. But always, it's always the innocents that wind up paying the most. Yes. So please do pray for the people uh, out there that are going to be involved in this. And I guess with that, we will shut this show down. And we will catch you next time on The Foil. Take care. Bye.